The FTC is requiring Epic to pay $245 million to consumers because of their tricks to make players pay more money. Plus, Nintendo doesn't want your 3DS or Wii U money anymore after March 27th. Tonight is March 19th, 2023, and the Bobby Blackwell Show featuring your calls and chat comments is up next. So, so you would say uh, even if... Okay, I'll let you go. You talk. Wow, what what happened to your voice? Thank you, Skype. So, video games, that's what the show is about. This is that one, Akia Ripper from uh, Sweden. And what's with all the Halo hate, Bob? You've been hating on Halo a lot lately. I I just don't like shooters. I'm not saying it's a bad game, I just don't like it. Billy OK says he can't be seen in public playing games that aren't hardcore. What would people say? And what up, G and Chad is once again talking about wrestling. That's why it's it's not because they hate the fans. It's more because they have to start from scratch. Uh, hogwash. Later. From a little room in Atlanta, Georgia, Bobby Blackwell. That's right. We're here. We get to mourn the loss of a co- some console shops. Going to be, well, we'll try to have a little bit of fun with it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another edition of the Bobby Blackwell Show, where we discuss the current news affecting the video game industry, as well as sometimes reminisce about gaming's history. My name is Bobby Blackwell. If you're joining us live here on this wonderful Sunday evening, uh, on Twitch, thank you so much. We do tape this show live each and every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at the Voice of Geeks Network Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Vogue Network. Uh, and uh, you can come join us, interact with the show directly, and I'll be trying to uh, read intelligent comments from chat throughout the night. Uh, just like this one, Michigan says, today's my birthday. Happy birthday. Played a few fighter games, which isn't my usual genre, but I'm really enjoying Guilty Gear Strive. So happy birthday and enjoy Guilty Gear Strive. Um, so, uh, but if you can't be here live on Sunday nights because maybe it's your birthday and you're doing other things, but I mean, I appreciate the fact that your birthday is being spent here, but other things happen on Sunday nights. I totally get it. Uh, we are a podcast, obviously, uh, and you can join our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Uh, and that is where you can mourn the hour of sleep we all lost. Break, uh, that's what Breakman said in chat. That was last week, was mourning the loss. I, I kind of hope. My, I, I didn't talk about this last time, last year, uh, last week, last year. La- what is time? We legislate time, apparently. Uh, but for those of you outside the United States, here in the United States, we actually like move the clock based back an hour and an hour to. Uh, the original reason given was to save energy or something. Uh, they said it was farmers that wanted it when all the farmers are like, the animals don't change the time. It just, you know, means I wake up at a different, anyway. Uh, so the time that we are on, if you do not change your clocks, uh, because you're smart, um, it changed last week. So 8 PM Eastern might be, uh, four hours behind you instead of five hours. I don't know. And Michigan says, if you think I'm going to miss this show in Orange Launch Radio because it's my born day, you're sadly mistaken. Love this show. Thank you so much. I appreciate I appreciate all of that. Uh, and I spend, when, when it is the day that I was born and I celebrate the anniversary of my 29th birthday and it happens to be on a Sunday, guess what? I'm right here. And, 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 unless, and Rob usually forgets to tell y'all that it's that day so y'all don't actually know. Uh, this year, I do want to thank everybody. The day that I am celebrating the anniversary of my 29th birthday... Uh, you're all going to be playing a new Zelda game on that day. So, you know, happy birthday to all of you. Because that's that's what we have to look forward to on that. Um, so uh, something uh, unfortunate to look forward to is next Monday. Next Monday is a big 
uh, day for game preservationists, as in uh, games are no longer going to be preserved unless you do it yourself. Um, and uh, that's because on March 27th, which is next Monday, uh, the 3DS and the Wii U eShop will close. That is it. You can no longer. You already can no longer buy games directly with a credit card on the 3DS and Wii U eShop. That's been a, the case for a while. But if you had funds uh, on your Nintendo account, which you can add through your Switch or through the PC or anything, you could. You can still buy games until next Monday. Uh, and uh, this has not been. Uh, I'm sure that you probably haven't thought that this was a big deal until they announced that it was going away. Because we always want things that we can't have. It was always kind of nice to know that that entire virtual console catalog was available uh, on the Wii U. So if you did want to play something that was not on Nintendo Switch Online, it was a virtual console game, and you wanted to get it legitimately. Uh, and and without uh, owning a Raspberry Pi or anything like that, uh, you could boot up your Wii U and, and play it. Uh, you could buy it and play it. And same with the 3DS. You know, I, I actually, I've talked a lot about Theatrhythm. And uh, I played Theatrhythm Curtain Call on my 3DS. And I was playing, uh, I was playing through it to get hyped for Theatrhythm uh, Final Bar Line on Switch. And I was like, hey, you know, I, I had not played Live Alive back when the 3DS added the 3DS version when Curtain Call added Live Alive DLC. So I never bought it there. But I was like, I, I know Megalomania now, which is different from Undertale Megalovania. But Megalomania, I knew it now. And so it was 99 cents. And so I bought it on the 3DS eShop like two months ago. And it was nice. It was there. Um, and uh, it, it was kind of nice having that comfort. Uh, that comfort's going away. Uh, you're not going to be able to... You can still download things, but you won't be able to buy things. That's what they claim. Um, but the the ability to purchase anything is going to go away on March 27th. So there's a lot of great games on the 3DS specifically uh, that are only available digitally that you're, you should pick up now. And I'm not going to kind of... There's a lot of think pieces on the web that have like a list of these games. The Wii U, not so much. The Wii U, a lot of the best games on the Wii U have been ported up to the switch or they're available physically if you can get the game physically you can buy it used you're, you're golden uh but a lot of the good download only wii u titles have made it to the switch uh as long as they're not nintendo land uh then then but that that wasn't even a download title i think that was a pack-in title so you had to have the disc for that anyway um so uh and pod culture says they're just begging for piracy and that this is the thing that i have to ask uh, because I, I, I am, I am a software developer, so I am fully on the side of people should get paid for their work, uh, and, and, and people should pay for their work. But if the, if the storefront determines that there is no more value in something that you cannot buy it anymore, They're, they have determined it has zero value and therefore they no longer allow you to buy it. What does that change in terms of the laws? Because, I mean, it, it is, as, as much as you may hate it, it is illegal to pirate software in the United States. Um, you may disagree with that, but the fact is that that is the law. But if it is, if you are unable to buy it, if the persons, the people selling it determine it no longer has value, is it still piracy at that point? And that is what some of the libraries like the Video Game History Foundation and some of the other national video game library. There are a couple of libraries that are currently, you know, trying to to get an exemption 
to to a lot of this because the Entertainment Software Association, the the lobbying entity that represents the software publishers, actually says no. You you still even if we don't want to sell it to you, that means you don't get to have it. And they're actually going up against libraries, and their official legal thing is, well, somebody may rent a game, play a game in one of these libraries, and have fun with it. Like that's literally their like we don't we don't want you to have fun. It, it we we're okay with it for research purposes, but if somebody goes in to just enjoy it, that's a problem for us. And so there are there are the libraries and the the foundations and the charities and stuff are actually making a legal argument in front of various courts. It's not in front of the Supreme Court yet, but in front of various courts to get an exemption to the DMCA here in the United States so they can preserve these titles. And the ESA is trying to fight them. The ESA does not want them preserving these titles, even if the ESA member organizations say these have no more value, so we are not willing to sell them anymore. So E3VL asks, what happens to your funds after the 27th on the 3DS and the Wii U uh, eShop? So if you've linked, and, and, and Mike Deft answers this in chat, but this is a very good question. Somebody might be listening to the podcast, doesn't know. Uh, so I actually remember um, you have that Nintendo Network ID, and that's what we had on the 3DS and the Wii U. And you were able to link that Nintendo Network ID to being your Nintendo ID on the Switch. And at that point, all of your funds converged into one singular account so just like how right now i can add funds to my wallet on my switch then i can spend them on my 3ds uh, your funds basically now live in your nintendo account now if you never linked your account then uh i think they go away so uh i think you can still link your old nintendo network id to your nintendo id uh which is what the switch runs off of um, I have them linked, and so that's why you know the the funds I have on my 3ds is exactly the same ones as on my Switch. And when I bought that DLC on my 3ds a couple months ago, uh, it came out of my Switch funds. So that that's what it is. Uh, Questbuster says some uh, some of those old games have been released with the developer's blessing. A, c- a couple of extremely old RPGs were released for free by the developer in question because they could sometimes with enhancements. Um, the, but the problem is, and so that's great for those, that people that still own the IP, that still have, maybe even they still have the source code, they release all the source code, but that's not the case for a lot of things. And there's a, a term called abandonware. And uh, especially on like, you know, in DOS, I, I know this for like a lot of the old DOS games, because nobody knows who owns those DOS games anymore. And so they are abandonware. You can't buy them anymore. Uh, nobody knows who even owns the IP. It's probably some holding company that bought another holding company that bought the original company that bought the assets in the 90s. Like, nobody knows. And so that becomes abandonware. And the ESA actually does not want those to be preserved unless you get the whoever owns the rights now because somebody has the rights to that stuff. Uh, and just because we don't know who it is doesn't mean that it should be circumvented. Yeah, and, and the abandonware topic, even Questbuster says, is extremely gray. So let's say you wanted to do this legitimately, and you wanted to preserve the entire downloadable library of the 3DS and the Wii U, uh, and you wanted to do it uh, legitimately, and you were like, I've got money, I'm going to pay, and, and, I, and I'm going to get all these cards. Well, A, it's too late for that. Spoiler alert, it's too late for that. How is that? How do we know that? Because a YouTuber did that. And uh, it took him about a year to do it because of roadblocks. 
that were put up. So, uh, Go Nintendo reports that uh, since the Wii U and e- uh, 3DS eShops are set to close on March 27th, um, you're able to re-download your already purchased games after that date. It will be impossible to make new purchases. So, YouTuber The Completionist uh, decided to make a video and preserve all of these games. And so, he, he and his team set out to download, uh, to purchase and download every game available on the 3DS eShop and the Wii U eShop. All of them. So, unfortunately, he did not get them all. Uh, because some publishers de- did not pay the renewal license because they're like, well, the shop's closing anyway, so we're not going to pay the renewal license. So they got delisted. So like they had already like kind of flat, like they kept a spreadsheet and stuff uh, of, of titles, and suddenly like some titles were no longer available to purchase because they got delisted. So they did not get everything, but they got all of the ones they could. And uh, the the uh, when it was all said and done, uh, the completionist spent twenty two thousand seven hundred and ninety one dollars getting every single digital title available on the Wii U and the 3DS. So there were 866 Wii U and 1,547 3DS games, which included DSiWare, Virtual Console, and DLC. The games took up a whopping 1.2 terabytes on Wii U and 267 gigs on 3DS. So he had to have a whole bunch of different SD cards, uh, and, and there, they had to do a lot of things to, to make it to where, you know, like they, w- they would be accepted because he ran into roadblocks all through the way. If I, I kind I didn't watch the video from start to finish, but I kind of skimmed it a little bit. And uh, so basically what he said is, okay, well, we're going to go, we don't want our bank to get in the way. So we're going to buy all these eShop cards because the eShop cards that you buy for the switch work for the 3DS and the Wii U. So they went and tried to buy them all. Well, the bank stopped them from buying the cards because they thought this was a scam. Uh, so, like, people, everybody's credit card got locked, even though they had the money. Uh, all that stuff. I don't know why they didn't just pay cash, get money in cash. I don't know why they didn't do that, but whatever. Um, they might answer that in the video, and that was part of the video I skimmed over. But uh, they, they bought all these eShop cards, and then it turns out, then it turns out, and, and Breakman says he's a Nintendo customer of the month. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. Uh, it, it took them actually, I think they said 300 something days to do this. And the reason is because get this, you can only add $250 to your Nintendo wallet at one time with gift, with uh, gift cards. And, uh, so what, ha- what they did is they had to put, add the $250, then they could buy the games and you had to buy the games 10 at a time. And then you could load in another $250 and then buy the 10 games. Well, then it turns out that if you buy too much, too many games, they lock you out for 48 hours. You can no longer purchase any more games for 48 hours. And the reason they do that, and Breakman says what that is stupid, and the reason they do that is because uh, parents don't watch their kids. And they don't want to clean out parents' bank accounts uh, by allowing if the parents are dumb and don't set parental controls, then they don't want a kid their kid adding thousands of dollars of purchases in one day to their Nintendo account. They don't want them spending thousands of dollars worth of games per day. So Nintendo has hard coded blocks in their software because apparently they actually called and talked to like high up people in Nintendo support. They're like, can you remove these blocks? They're like, no, they're literally hard coded. They're not configurable or anything. It's literally hard coded in the software. So 
they basically could only buy like something like 10 or 20 or 30 titles a day. And then they had to wait two days before they could buy. Like it was, they said there were so many Roblox and Nintendo put up so many barriers, uh, but they did finally get it. Um, 10 a day. Mike Def says, okay, 10 a day. Um, yeah, I knew this was like a, a low number so they could buy 10 titles a day. Then they had to wait 24 hours before they could buy another 10. And they were all trying to do this on one single uh, account because what they were going to do, I believe they're actually donating this through these 3DS and this Wii U that has all these titles downloaded uh, to, to a preservation society. I believe that's what they're doing. But, but yeah, it was really interesting kind of skimming through it and seeing like they, they got through the bank stuff early. Uh, because and, and I can see why the banks are, are upset or, or, or are very cautious about it because I'll tell you this. Uh, scammers that call, especially older people, will you know, especially if they're like, "Oh, there's a there's a virus on your computer," and what you how you pay them is they want you to go to a store and buy a one hundred dollar iTunes gift card, or they want you to buy an Amazon gift card, and because you can't pay them in cash, they're in India. But they'll absolutely take your $100 Amazon gift card. That's how they make their money. Uh, so a lot of stores are like, oh, you're buying a lot of gift cards. Mm-hmm. You're obviously getting scammed, and so we're going to stop you. So uh, that's why the bank was, like, freezing all their credit cards for buying all these gift cards. Um, and, and they actually apparently had, like, a couple different teams, a couple different credit cards uh, so they weren't getting all the cards at once, but they finally got those. That was the easy part. It was apparently the Nintendo side. And thankfully, they did start this project like last year, uh, because if you tried to start doing it now, uh, you probably would run out of time. You would not be able to download enough uh, to do that. So all that to say that if there are titles you want to get for the Wii U and the 3DS that are digital only, you have a week left. Um, there are some that uh, people have... Uh, recommended online. You can look those up. There are some that also have physical versions. So if they're physical, you can go to a used game store and probably get the cartridge for way cheaper than it is on the eShop or the disc on the Wii U. Uh, but there were a lot of titles, uh, especially like DSiWare titles that were download only, and the Wii U had a bunch of download only indie titles. Um, you get a lot of gold points. That is one thing that they were saying, uh, is that when you buy titles on uh, the Wii U and the 3DS, you still accrue gold points on the, your Nintendo account, which you can use to redeem when you're purchasing games. So you can actually then spend that on Switch games if you'd like. So um, so you, there is some incentive to buying some of these. Mike Def says, Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix is uh, there. So if you have uh, actually uh, suggestions for 3DS and Wii U games uh, that you think people need to absolutely have, uh, before these shops uh, shut down, throw them out. Uh, in the chat, and I will read them for the people on the on the podcast feed. Um, a lot of the games I played were on car, uh, or were I? I still bought a lot of physical games, so there weren't that many uh, games. I would say on the Wii U, probably the NES Remix series, NES Remix One and Two, uh, because those have not come over to Switch yet at all. Uh, you'd probably want to pick those up uh, and 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 get those. Um, and uh, and and I and Dark to see even just said NES Remix and thinks it was available on both systems. I I never if it was available on the 3DS, I never played it there. I remember it from the Wii U. Um, if you're into Picross stuff, um, and because I, I am, and that's my guilty pleasure is Picross games. And I I had played all the Picross E games 
on the 3DS and the Picross S games are on the Switch. But there is a Pokemon Picross that is free to play, but you can pay to unlock all the levels. Um, it, it had a you could play it for free and stuff, but you could you had to pay for it to unlock all the levels in the 3DS. So this this is the last week you're going to be able to do that. Obviously, three, uh, Theater Rhythm Curtain Call. Uh, I believe you can still download and get all the DLC on the 3DS right now. And so, so yeah. And Mike Def says, my main reason for Rhythm Heaven is that it, the game only had a digital release here. So unless you have a Japanese 3DS, you cannot get a physical version of it. So I, I, and the thing that I remember is like, at least the DS was region free. Uh, because I actually have some Japanese DS games. I've got uh, All Statike Owendan, which was Elite Beta Agents here in the U.S., uh, and I also had uh, Daigasso Band Brothers, but I think those were DS games, and those played just fine in my American system. But I think the 3DS maybe did int- introduce region locking, uh, but the DS and the Game Boy Advance did not have region locking. So, um, yeah, Mike Dev says DS was region free. Yeah, Ace, his copy of Ace Attorney Two. Um, and Breakman says uh, Picross. Everyone's guilty pleasure should be Peggle. I get too frustrated at Peggle. So, no, that's not mine. So that that's my PSA. Um, I will probably be looking through and seeing, okay, is there anything really on the 3DS that I, I, I want? I'll probably, I actually haven't unlocked that Pokemon Picross. Uh, I only played the free version, and that was actually my introduction to Picross. And I'm like, oh, I could pay to unlock Pokemon Picross, or I could pay 8 bucks and get the full, the regular game by the same people. Uh, and then I bought all eight of those, and then I bought all eight on Switch, and yeah. Uh, S. Jared Matt says, Nintendo Life has a pretty good guide that highlights games that folks should look at to get before it closes. So uh, I, 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 I know Nintendo Life, so I'm not, I'm not afraid of clicking on a, that link. Um, so let's see, what are they saying? Uh, so let's see, what they're saying is on 3DS, this is NintendoLife.com, Box Boy is one you should get, uh, pull blocks. So box boy on 3ds pull blocks on the 3ds, uh, liberation maiden on the 3ds, which is a level five game. Um, so, uh, it's, it's a short, but sweet mech shooter. So there you go. Uh, Harmo Knight, uh, which is, uh, a game by game freak. It's not uh, Nintendo or it's not Pokemon, uh, but it's game for, uh, it's game freak and it's a rhythm platformer. So we're, we're in that. Uh, you can get the 3D classic stuff from the 3DS. So, like, Kid Icarus is one. Uh, Kirby's Adventure is another. And basically, these are uh, they're, they're remasters of the original games, uh, but they use the 3D element. So, they've, they've done some enhancements with the 3D. Uh, Pocket Card Jockey on the 3DS, they uh, recommend. Uh, and then uh, My Nintendo Picross, Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Um, I didn't realize this one was actually available. Um Oh, they're platinum points. So you have to have the Nintendo platinum points to get this. Uh, so you can't buy it. You have to use the platinum points. Uh, Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, Dual Destinies on 3DS, Attack of the Friday Monsters, A Tokyo Tale. Uh, and then there's a whole bunch of others. There's a whole, like, four pages worth of stuff. So, uh, oh, yeah, Rusty's Real Deal Baseball. Remember Rusty's Real Deal Baseball? Not really. Um, and so a bunch of other stuff that uh, is uh, listed on here. I'm trying. I'm, I'm just scrolling through instead of reading through all of them. I didn't realize how many there were. I thought it was like here's the top ten. No, it's like four pages of stuff. Yeah, and and on page four is Rhythm Heaven Mega Mix. So Mike Def, they 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 do uh, have that uh, on their page four. So 
it's been linked in our chat. I'll put it in our show notes as well. Uh, and uh, you can you can get some good 3DS games. It's the last hurrah for the system. Uh, S. Jernamat says 3D Gunstar Heroes is good as well. So there's an, uh, another uh, another good one. And uh, Mike Def says Kirby's Adventure 3D is the definitive version to play because there's no lag at all. Uh, and as Sherman Matt says, the 3D Sega classics are pretty good. Outrun and Streets of Rage 3D, it was enjoyable. So, yes, there's a lot of good stuff uh, in there uh, that you should check out. And maybe you'll have some money to check it out uh, if you happen to have been scammed by Epic. So uh, let's. This is uh, this is not really new news, uh, but it's been finalized this week. So this actually happened late last year. Uh, but it's been finalized now. The Federal Trade Commission has finalized an order requiring Epic Games, the maker of the Fortnite video game, to pay $245 million to consumers to settle charges that the company used dark patterns to trick players into making unwanted purchases and let children rack up unauthorized charges without any parental involvement. In a complaint announced in December of 2022 as part of a settlement package with Epic, the FTC said that Epic deployed a variety of design tricks known as dark patterns aimed at getting consumers of all ages to make unintended in-game purchases. Fortnite's counterintuitive, inconsistent, and confusing button configuration led players to incur unwanted charges based on the press of a single button. The company also made it easy for children to make purchases while playing Fortnite without requiring any parental consent. According to the FTC's complaint, Epic also locked the accounts of customers who disputed unauthorized charges with their credit card companies. So a dark pattern is... Uh, we use it in web development a lot. A dark pattern is one that uh, makes you do something that you don't want to do uh, or makes it harder for you to do something that you want to do. A, a variation of a dark pattern would be um, that's not monetary, but one that we try to shy away from is like when there is a pop-up ad on a website, uh, the close is not in the top right. It's somewhere else. Or the close button is so small that if you misclick it or if you mistap it, if you're on your phone, it opens the ad instead of closing because the the, the little the target that you have to hit is so uh, so small. Or a dark pattern is also making you feel bad. Um, like if you're like if you want to, uh, you know, saying an actual dark pattern that's not th- these are not monetary based dark patterns. It's just dark patterns on the web. It's like they put up a something that says, hey, you should subscribe to our newsletter. Yes, I want to subscribe to your newsletter. No, I don't want to hear about the greatest things. I want to stay uninformed. That's a dark pattern. Um, so uh, a dark pattern is not a cheat code or anything like that. It is literally something that is not good for the consumer. Um, and, and, and the one that I've seen the most is the ones that make you feel bad. It's like, no, you know. Do you, do you want to stay informed? Yes, I want to stay informed. No, I want to stay ignorant. That is actually a dark pattern. This is a worse dark pattern because what I guess they were doing was that um, they were kind of switching up what you had to hit to not pay, buy credits or buy whatever inside. I've never, I've not played Fortnite, but not bought in cosmetics or something like that. Uh, and so a kid could accidentally hit the wrong button. But it was the the button that they said, "Oh yes, I, please deduct this money from my account." Um, yeah, and, and the breakman's like, "If you don't click this link, children in China will die." That would be a dark pattern, and I am sure that somebody has done that. 
Yeah, and Questbuster says this user interface is so bad. I'll just keep clicking, keep clicking until I get where I want to go. Five days later, why is my inbox inbox filled with junk mail? Yeah, uh, stuff and, and like dark patterns that some other places will do is like if you're installing software and they want to install abandonware, they will move where the no box is on the bottom. So it's like if you just click next, 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 that's a yes. And the no, I, I don't want to download it, will be like one of the other buttons. It would change every time on the bottom because they want you to install the the, the bloatware because they get money if you install it. They've, it's a licensing deal. So uh, that's, what's going, that, that's what happened with Epic. Um, under the FTC's order, uh, Epic must pay $245 million, which will be used to provide refunds to customers. The order also prohibits Epic from charging consumers through the use of dark patterns or from otherwise charging consumers without obtaining their affirmative consent. Additionally, the order bars Epic from blocking consumers from accessing their accounts for distributing uh, for, di- for disputing unauthorized charges. After receiving five comments, the commission voted 4-0, so it was unanimous to approve the complaint and order against Epic and the responses to the commenters. As part of a separate settlement also announced in December, Epic agreed to pay $275 million penalty to the settle FTC allegations that the company violated the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act rule, or COPPA, C-O-P-P-A. Uh, which basically COPPA is uh, they cannot collect any personal information of any uh, any minor under 13 years of age. Um and that's even if the miner gives it to you, you can't collect it and store it. And Epic did. Uh, consumers who believe they have been uh, injured by Epic's practices can visit ftc.gov slash Fortnite for more information on the refund process. Uh, and the Brickman says Epic was blocking people from complaining. What they were doing, they were, uh, but it wasn't from complaining. What would happen is parents would uh, notice uh, charges on their account that they did not authorize, so they dispute the charges, which is what we're supposed to do. And a lot, a lot of even people say, that's the first thing you should do, is you should dispute the charges with the bank. Then you follow up with the person who made the charges, but the first thing you should do is dispute them with your bank. Well, the minute you did that, Epic shut down your account, and so then you could no longer have access to anything on the account. Uh, and there are parents who are like, well, no, I just wanted to dispute those charges, but the stuff I paid for previously, I still want access to. And Epic's like, nope, you can't. You you were suspending your account. You you did, and so that was a uh, anti-consumer, and so the FTC got them on that. Uh, Zen Monkey Live says under thirteen, it should be under eighteen. No, it is thirteen and under. Um, I know this because I've had when I was uh, a long, 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 long time ago, long time ago, uh, when I was uh, working with a cable television channel called G Four, and this was before Tech TV came in the picture. So I know everybody's like, oh, you mean tech TV? No, no, no. I mean the original G4. Uh, we had to adhere very strictly to COPPA, C-O-P-P-A. And so there were people I had to ban from the forums and stuff because they're like, oh, I'm 12 years old. I'm like, well, we legally cannot have your information on file. You cannot be here giving because we would be storing what they said on the internet, which is a COPPA violation. Like, we cannot store that information. Um, and so we we had to ban them from it. So, yes, it is under 13. It is not under 18. So, uh, and as Sherry Matt says, Bobby was indeed the law. Yes, and people still, to this day, hate me for it. Like, they were 12 20 years ago, and now they're 32, and they still hate me for what I did. Anyway, 
Uh, so yeah, so if you uh, if your kid bought stuff on Fortnite when they didn't think they were going to do it, it's probably Epic's fault. It's probably not your kid's fault uh, or your fault because you probably set the correct parental stuff and Epic's like, ha ha, ah, you're funny. And then uh, the last story I want to talk about is about the platform we're on. And uh, then uh, the, the, the platform we're on is Twitch. That's what we do this on. And Twitch is going to go through a little bit of a change at the top. Polygon reports that Emmett Shear, the CEO of Twitch, has announced that he is stepping down from his role as the head of the streaming platform via Twitter on Thursday. Shear has been with the Amazon-owned live streaming platform since its inception and has been the only CEO the company has ever had for over 16 years. He is succeeded by Twitch's president, Dan Clancy, who took over as CEO immediately after he announced his resignation. In a blog post shared on Twitter, uh, Shear cited wanting to be able to spend more time with his young son and give him more time and effort. Moving forward, Shear will continue to be involved with the company in an advisory role. Uh, he says, quote, it's hard to put into words how much Twitch has been, uh, been for me. Twitch has been a place of community for streamers and viewers, but also for me. Twitch has been like my family, the place I've spent more of my waking hours than anywhere else. With the arrival of my son, the time has come for me to focus my energies on building that tiny little startup family, and I'm ready to dedicate my energies there, unquote. Uh, so Twitch was originally called Justin.tv. It was founded by Emmett Shear, Michael Seibel, Kyle Vogt, and Justin Kahn in 2007. And the concept started out with a content stunt where Justin Kahn streamed, live-streamed his entire life 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's why it's called Justin.tv, because you followed Justin around. The stunt didn't work out, but it unearthed a tap tight for live-stream content in the same year the company announced it would be opening itself for anyone to live-stream. So originally it was just Justin. And then we were all Justin. So uh, in 2011, they decided, hey, you know, our most popular stuff is video games. Uh, one year after I stopped doing video game live streaming on Ustream.tv, when everybody called me stupid for thinking people were going to want to watch someone else play video games over the Internet, uh, they started a project called Twitch.tv. And then in 2014, it became Twitch Interactive. Amazon bought them for $1 billion in the same year. Uh, and now uh, the platform has over 8 million streamers a month. So, um, and yeah, so so he, he was there from the beginning. And uh, so con congrats to him. There, are, he's, he's, I'm sure that there's a lot of mixed emotions out there. There are some people that are like, great, somebody else is coming in, but you got to realize the new boss is going to be the same as the old boss because the new boss is the former second in charge. So it's not like we're bringing in somebody from the outside. Uh, because Twitch has made some missteps and some good things, and you know it's it's really kind of a mixed bag. It depends on where, uh, what what side of the fence you're on, uh, for all that stuff. So, um, so yeah, Questbrush says, "Wow, you saw Justin TV go from that to Twitch's domination of game streaming." Uh, and Mike Def says, "I think most of us came from the Justin TV era. Uh, I mean, if you've been around for a while, you might have." Um, I actually never streamed on Justin. I was on UStream.tv. Was where all my stuff was. Uh, which I believe actually is still around somewhat, something, I don't know. Uh, but Mike Dev says, my account is over 15 years old now. Yeah, my, this account was a Justin.tv account, but I didn't use it regularly. I don't know if this is going to mean any changes to Twitch because it's the president becoming the CEO. And so obviously the president and the CEO work together a lot. And so I don't think we're going to see any big direction changes. But, uh, you know, good, good on Emmett for, for wanting to spend time with his kid. And it's a newborn, so it makes sense. And he's got enough money that he's going to be able to be just fine uh, and hopefully give that kid a good life. Uh, and Fistream says, nope, the other he went the other day. Ustream is but a placeholder now. Oh, no. 
probably been a placeholder for like years and years and years. Hey, when the PlayStation 4 came out, you used to be able to stream directly to Ustream.tv. So it was around at least in 2014. And then I think they got rid of the Ustream stuff because that's where all the... the uh, I remember when PlayStation 4 uh, started their live streaming stuff and it was on Ustream because you used the PlayStation camera, which is why you couldn't get the PlayStation camera uh, when the PS4 came out. Um, to, to, to live stream. What people would do, they would use the... And I can't remember what the name of the game was, um, but they would basically have it be. They it, it allowed them to have the whole camera out, uh, and I think I think it was Playroom, was it? Yeah, the Playroom, and the Playroom just allowed you to have like just a full screen of your camera, and so they would do all sorts of things that you shouldn't do, and it would be listed in the live from PlayStation app, and people were getting around all the content filters, but they had to use UStream to do it. Because Twitch didn't let them stream to the Playroom. Like, you couldn't stream the Playroom to Twitch. But Ustream, and I think YouTube also blocked it, because you do Ustream, YouTube, and then Twitch. Uh, but uh, Ustream, uh, you found some really interesting things uh, for uh, if you search the Playroom. And uh, Bond 6 says, I still have a PlayStation camera. A lot of people, anybody that had PlayStation VR had to have a PlayStation camera. So I actually think I've got two PlayStation cameras now. One's still in the box. Because uh, when I got PlayStation VR, it I already I just used the PlayStation camera I already had. And Monkey 11 says, Play, PlayStation Playroom was epic. Had a lot of fun times talking to streamers. And uh, and uh, Fifth Dream says, that, yeah, there were, there were some crazy things streamed from Playroom. Yeah, there were, it was a time. It was a time. And uh, Mike Def says, I think Ustream was fairly popular in Japan, which is why Sony used it for streaming stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And there, there, there were other video streaming sites. And, you know, Twitch, I think, does need a good competitor. We just haven't gotten one yet. And and I know YouTube's there around and Facebook is around. Uh, not since Mixer has Twitch had a good competitor. And then Microsoft shut down Mixer, just like they shut down a lot of other stuff. So uh, we are going to take a very quick music break. And then uh, if you want to call in and talk about anything going on, or if you want to give your 3DS or Wii U uh, eShop recommendations in the last week, uh, it's over on our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. There is a green room voice chat channel. Enter that. I will be able to see you. And then I will pull you into another room, and we can talk about anything going on. You're participating with The Bobby Blackwell Show or in the Voice Geeks Network at twitch.tv slash vognetwork. You're listening to the Bobby Blackwood Show. Woohoo! It's a number one. I thought Channel Video Game Radio was number one. <laughs> I'm number one. The heck with everybody else. <laughs> You're listening to the great radio show. Now have a rotten day. <laughs> Charles Martinet. Not Chris Pratt. That was that was actually Charles Martinet. That was like back in the Wii days, though. Even though I think that's the Wii U music underneath, so that that worked. But uh, no, that that was back E three two thousand six is when I recorded that bumper. That's old. Um, yeah, if you want to leave a bumper, so I'm not playing bumpers from two thousand six. Although that one will always get played every once in a while. All you got to do is uh, contact me. I need an MP three file of just your voice or a video of just your voice. I will choose what DMCA violation I'm going to risk underneath uh, about coming back to the Bobby Blackwell show. And I will say that uh, we had, there was some good ch- uh, chatter in chat. Say that ten times fast. Uh, about the Wii U uh, and uh, Fixation Gaze 
uh, actually uh, said uh, that um, Wii U walked so the Switch could run, and that's actually absolutely true. A lot of the the things they learned from the Wii U, from the tablet, and and how it works, uh, really uh, went you know towards it, to making the Switch. I liked this, and what I even said is that there were a lot of great concepts with the Wii U. It was a great idea. The problem is they didn't market it well, so they couldn't execute on those ideas. There were a lot of great things they could have done with it, but unfortunately, choosing the name of uh, of, of Wii U made it sound like it was an expansion to the Wii, and it was kind of a... Uh, it, it wasn't a great idea. We Everybody made fun of it. Um, you know, it, it was... I, I get what they were going for, but I think they went a little bit too esoteric, and everybody thought, "Oh, it's just a, it's a, it's a Wii." I already have a Wii. Why do I need a Wii U? Um, so, and uh, so there was a lot of great ideas, and, but unfortunately, because of the low sales of the system, and also uh, Nintendo not exactly being uh, welcome to, to third parties or something like there, there was some weird stuff between them and third parties that they were trying to repair, but they didn't repair fully. Uh, third parties didn't want to build on the system because nobody was buying it. And so it was kind of a chicken and the egg type problem. And so we never really got to see, um, the full potential of second screen gaming, even though a lot of games that I really enjoyed were only possible because of second screen gaming, uh, Pac-Man versus was my favorite game on uh, the GameCube because it used the Game Boy Advance as a second screen. So everybody was playing on the P- TV except one person was playing on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, and they brought that over to the Switch. You can actually get that with the Pac-Man collection or the Namco collection one or something. And you can do that with the Switch. Uh, but that type of gaming on the Wii U, that was just easy. Like, you could just do it on the Wii U. Um and so as the Wii U got older, they stopped doing a lot of second screen experiences. All the games, like all they used the screen for was to, to for you to be able to just see the game on the screen, which some people really liked. That way something else could be on the TV for the rest of the family. and You could be sitting on the couch playing your console game, which is what became the Switch. That was the part of the Wii U everybody liked. And it became the Switch. Um, and uh, but it just it, it didn't capture uh, the money, and so they didn't spend the money on it, and they started taking away features. Breath of the Wild, everybody loves Breath of the Wild as the Switch game. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but the Sheikah Slate looks really, really, really a lot like a Wii U gamepad, and that's because it was literally supposed to be the Wii U gamepad, and anything that you did on your Sheikah Slate in the pause menu on the Switch version was supposed to be done on the, the gamepad. Uh, and so you never were taken out of the action on your TV. That was the original design. Uh, but then when they went to Switch, they didn't do that. And they did release Breath of the Wild on the Wii U, and but it's, it was basically played just like uh, the Switch version. So, um, and Bomb 006 says, uh, did did uh, Bomberman also use the Game Boy Advance as a second screen on the N64? I don't, I don't remember if it was the N64. I know it was the GameCube, because I have a couple of those second screen games. Because uh, I have, like, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, uh, which which use that. And Four Swords Adventures, uh, Legend of Zelda Four Swords Adventures, used the Game Boy Advance. But those were all GameCube titles. So I don't know if the N64 did it, uh, but I know the GameCube did because I have a bunch of those cables still. Uh, but the Wii U tried to capitalize on that, and everybody's like, no, we don't want it. So... Uh, but now, but now we have the switch, and then whatever comes after the switch, uh, we will um, will obviously learn from what the switch is doing, 
and part of that's probably uh, we we do probably need to play have more power. That's probably what Nintendo is learning is that you know you you can't always stay one generation behind the other consoles because then you're not going to get as much third party support. So uh, coming up next here on the Voice Geeks Network at Twitch.tv slash Vog Network is Orange Lounge Radio. It's three people out in Sacramento, California. They talk about games for much, much longer than I do, and they cover way more things than I do. Uh, but we like to check in with them and uh, see what's going on there. So Sacramento, are you there? I am here, Bobby. How are you? I am doing well. So any uh, suggestions for 3DS or Wii U games that people should pick up on the eShop before the shop goes away in eight days? Oh, golly. Um, I wish I had time to check. I think you hit on most of the big ones. Yeah. Uh, I heard the NES remix, and yeah. that's what I would definitely recommend on on mm-hmm. uh, the Wii U. Uh, the 3D, uh, like Kid Icarus, uh, the 3D Sega classics, those mm-hmm. that they kind of redid in 3D. I really liked how they reapproached some of those retro classics, and they did them very lightly, mm-hmm. uh, meaning they didn't try to go in and do like a full pixel remaster. They yep. just maybe added some m- more lively backgrounds and, you know, changed some shadowing and things here and there. I thought they were very, very good remakes. And I wish mm-hmm. we would see a version of that show up again on the uh, Nintendo Online service for yep. Switch, you know, just a non 3D version of some of those i think would be mm-hmm. really great um so it's kind of a bummer where we we've seen what's essentially the last of those uh i really try to rack my brain i i'd have to go find my 3ds and tr- probably try to look at some of the classes but i think i, I think you hit on most of the ones i would have hit on to yeah. be honest yeah and uh yeah and i i think uh dark soccer in chat said all of them well that's twenty two thousand dollars and you don't have <laughs> enough time because you can only Did- buy 10 a day so, Did that individual buy the full price games, or was he only targeting the things that weren't available retail? He, par- I think he got everything that was on the shop. And so I think it was every title available on the shop. Yeah. So, okay. uh, and, and he said, like, well, because, like, when he was doing it a little bit, he's like, oh, the Game Awards are coming up, so that's how long ago that he had started this. He's like, and things are, franchise stuff is going on sale, so we're paying less for some of this stuff. Uh, because some games were on sale. Uh, but yeah, like apparently, like just, you know, full disclosure, you can only buy 10 a day uh, or yeah. Nintendo locks yeah. you out for 24 hours. So you can't buy all of them anymore. There's too many titles. But it would be $22,000 yeah. to buy them all. We know this now. Yeah, some of the retro classics that didn't make Nintendo online, like some of the things in Konami's back catalog, mm-hmm. some of the like, you know, Neo Geo stuff that, you know, they yeah. haven't really come over yet. There, there'd be there'd be some maybe gems to look at in there but for me like i'm just gonna be honest i've long since disconnected my wii u i don't plan on hooking it back up anytime soon it is what it is it's a bummer Mm -hmm. nintendo doesn't re-release some of these things on the switch um but you know that's what we've come to expect from nintendo at this point yeah yeah and uh but but a lot of the stuff especially on the wii u that's not nes remix or something like a lot of the big titles uh have seen switch re-releases now or they were available physically and you're yeah. still you'd still be able to get a physical used copy. They're they're probably dirt cheap too because everybody's trying to get rid of all those. I know there's a place near me called Second and Charles, which is a franchise, uh, but they have a lot of used stuff. And their Wii U selection and their Wii selections, you know, several shelves long. So yeah, uh, you you can get those. And there were a lot of 3DS titles that were also physical uh, that that you would probably be able to find and pick up. So uh, yeah, they're, they're on the Wii U NES Remix is really the only one that I can think of that hasn't been re released. That's not on physical. And I'm sure there's more. It's just not coming to mind without my Wii U yeah. plugged in. I wish I could see my catalog online. Um, maybe yeah. I can on Nintendo. Nintendo has a better website than we have a credit for, but yeah. 
Yeah, but did they make the Wii U work with that website is the question. So No, I think it is just the Switch, unfortunately. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and Tiger Claw says, there are some Wii U games that rely heavily on the Wii U controller because of the display. To port them to Switch might be a challenge because you would need to have both screens. Hey, Splatoon did it. So they... they because the first Splatoon used the was a Wii U title with the you know you had to use the Wii U gamepad to say where you were going to go, and they were able to port that over to Switch. They figured that out. Yep. So there, when there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. Um, and Man says the main thing is if you're a Pokemon player, you got to get the PokeBank and PokeTransporter apps. Oh, good call. Especially if you want to get the versions of Pokemon Yellow and mm-hmm. some of the older Pokemon games actually have that functionality for Pokemon Bank built in. That was pretty cool and something I'm very surprised they haven't re-released on Switch with as much of a push as they've made on Pokemon games um, on the Switch. I'm really surprised we haven't seen the classic Pokemon games come back. You remember those rumors a while back mm-hmm. that there was like remasters of all those coming that never seemed to materialize? It's a real bummer. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, that wishful thinking, I guess, but that you know, that all hasn't come back, especially with like Pokemon Home now at this point, um, integration, because mm-hmm. it is a little much to have Pokemon Bank, Pokemon Transport, Pokemon Home, like yeah. pick pick one place to put the Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. National decks. That's all we can. Yes. Ooh, great call from Dark Tetsuya. If you are looking for retail games on the mm-hmm. Wii U, Xenoblade Chronicles X was very good. And that's like the one Xenoblade game they haven't brought over to yeah. Switch. My gut tells me maybe they're saving that one for the successor that's my fingers and toes mm-hmm. crossed on that is that that remaster will go to the successor since the xenoblade yeah. games have seemed to do pretty well uh lately so uh but we'll see but for, for the meantime uh that is worth picking up on wii u for sure and i will say um with that it might be better to get that one digitally and i'm going to explain why because i uh i i still use gamefly to this day to rent digital or to rent physical discs and stuff and i actually rented Xenoblade Chronicles X for the Wii U on disc, and the disc looked perfectly fine, but for some reason there must have been a teeny tiny scratch or something because there is so much data packed, especially on Xenoblade, on on that game specifically. They had to pack so much data on the disc that any little imperfection in the disc will stop you from loading. I couldn't get past the character creation. It crashed. So you may want to consider getting it digitally before instead of trying hoping that the disc is going to work that you're going to get used my justification for thinking about getting it digitally would be the one hope and prayer just the singular hope and prayer and thought and wish and rainbow that nintendo's successor console will tap into the online library you've already purchased just like Mm -hmm. microsoft does now these days uh, and even Sony, to some extent, like certainly all your PlayStation 4 digital games become suddenly available on PlayStation 5. So I'm just I, I would maybe hinge a digital purchase on that. But that's 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 really it. And admittedly, it's not a lot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, but you have until next Monday. So the 27th to make any purchases 10 per day max. You can only put two hundred fifty dollars worth of gift cards on your wallet at one time. Uh, so those are the limitations. Uh, you cannot use your credit card to buy. You have to buy a gift card or have thing, them in your wallet, which you can set up on your Switch or your PC. It's shared funds. Uh, and pick up what you can. Uh, and then probably then probably never play them. I don't know. But you and I would say th- this really is the last week. Don't wait until that Monday because with yeah. time zones and the, the unpredictability of these sorts of things, that thing could go down in a moment's notice when you're not ready for it. So I, as far as I'm concerned, this is the last week we're celebrating those uh, stores being online. Yep. 
So what else are you going to be talking about on OLR tonight? All right. Well, we'll talk about speaking about Xbox releases. A PlayStation uh, once exclusive Ghostwire Tokyo is finally making its way to Xbox. There's going to be some special stuff for that. So we'll talk about that. We will also talk about the Video Game Hall of Fame and some of the latest uh, shortlist nominees. They're kind of in that process of cutting it down to the actual inductees. So we'll talk about that and maybe with some time tonight suggest what our favorites would be to be included in the video game hall of fame we'll also talk about this is very interesting epic games in some ways coming full circle from the zzt days the unreal editor for fortnite Uh could be a big game changer fort blocks could could be a thing in fortnite's future we'll uh we'll see all right orange lounge radio is coming up next thanks so much thanks as always bobby so uh, that is it for me. I will be back next Sunday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, right here at the Voice Geeks Network, twitch.tv slash Network. Come join us and interact with the show directly. Uh, I am on social media at Bobby Blackwolf uh, most places. Uh, mstdn.games is my Mastodon instance, so if you're looking for me there, that is where you can find me. Uh, but uh, also our Discord server, vognetwork.com slash Discord. Hey, if you like the show, tell a friend. If you hate the show, tell an enemy. I don't care. Just tell someone. The show is not for everybody, but we would not be able to... Uh, but it maybe for some of you who doesn't know about it yet, but we would not be able to make this live show work without the help of chatters that go above and beyond. Uh, so thank you so much uh, for... Uh, you, you just being here is great, but people who go above and beyond really do help us, especially because we just did our taxes, and so we know how much that costs. Uh, so I want to thank uh, Mike Deff for resubscribing 51 months is the Twitch math there. 51 months. Thank you so much. He said, freaking crazy. Yes. Rob Roberts also resubscribed. Uh, thank you so much. And Dark Sakura gifted a sub to Fixation Gaze. So thank you so much for the sub gift. Thank you for being here, Fixation Gaze. Uh, it was great to see you. Great to meet you here uh, here during my show. And uh, OLR is coming up next. And so I'm going to go ahead and hit the button so I get out of here and we get to more stuff here on Twitch. So remember, 3DS Wii U, this is your last week to get stuff on the eShop. Go check some stuff out uh, if you can still have them and uh, preserve those games. See you next week. Bye. A winner is you. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the opinions of the Vogue Network, people who need to hire new voiceover guys or your mom. Although if Bobby said it, it really should be. This has been a production of Bobby Blackwolf Studios.